everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Eganoff. And I'm Nicole Mahalik. And guess what? It's just us two today. It's just us two where sports and pop culture come to play. Uh, I know it's been a while since we've done an episode with just the two of us. You can make it if you try. Just the two of us. And here's the thing is that like we <laughs> like it when it's just the two of us, but we've been so fortunate to have such badass guests. Yeah. So we had the, if you missed it, if you've missed any of them, we had the Lamaru twins. We had Taryn Hatcher. Yeah. We had the Longs, Chris and his wife, Meg, yes. who were incredible. So, um, but that was basically the munch of, munch of, the munch of March. <laughs> the month of March. The month of March. Now April is next week. It is crazy to think that we had gold medal winners, Super Bowl champions, state champions. Yeah. Like beauty queens. Like that's, that's a lot. Yeah. We had a lot in March, but we're thankful. So thanks to everybody who's, you know, checked out our podcast over the last month. And um, I don't even know. I guess the last we talked, Carson was gone, right? I'm trying to like- No, I don't think we talked about Carson being gone. But wait, before we start, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who's like Natalie and has a large bladder. Um, So- No, not yet. But Natalie and I have like hung out a couple of times. We we went to the Betsy Ross house. Oh, we have to talk about that too. Yeah. Um, And and even when we started the podcast, like I got to pee like huge- but like Natalie will go like seven hours without peeing. And I'm just like, are you not drinking enough water? It's, or like, do you just have a large bladder? It's probably, I just don't drink enough water. And that's why Hank got me the um, hydro flask because he said it. He's like, you're like a lizard. Yeah. Person. I don't know. Like, you know, are you honestly, telling the big news about Hank? What? That we're going to be co- cohabitating? Yeah, that's a big step. Why is he coming on the pod? Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know if he'd ever, if he ever would, he's such a private person. Uh, maybe I should meet him first. Yeah. You have to meet him. Well, and it'll be crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of people haven't actually like a lot of my like close friends haven't met him yet. Um, not really a lot, but it's been the pandemic. It's been hard. Um, I'm just kind of teasing him, but at the same time, no, 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 no. Actually he like really wants to meet you too. So once, yeah, once I'm in and settled, we'll, we'll have to figure something out. And now that the world's like reopen again, we can like go somewhere because I swear like, so so you nervous about cohabitating? Um, yes and no, like, yes, because, um, you know, you're always going to find out weird things about somebody else. Like, it's like the next level of learning about somebody. Yeah. Um, and I'm nervous about that for me just because like, so I was eating radishes the other day. I ate a lot of radishes. Really? I, yeah. I eat a ton of radishes. What do you like? Ra- like raw? Yeah. Do you think that that's weird? No, my mom likes radishes. She likes to cut them up and put, you soak them and then she would eat them and put salt on it. Oh no. I rinse them all. Like I'll just come home and I'll have like, I get like multiple bags and if I like come home from work, I'll just rinse off a bunch of them and eat them like it's like popcorn. Wow. So I was- What do they taste like? They're, I, 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 the reason I love them is because I find that they're a healthy snack. Okay. There's like no calories. They're high in vitamin C. Okay. And- um. But don't you have to peel them and don't they have like roots on them? I mean, I mean, I just eat around the root. Again, okay, again. So this is what I'm saying. This is like a weird thing. So I was- yeah eating radishes you know and like what I, do they taste like they're like spicy they're you they like, have like spicy stuff yeah yeah but they're they're like a tangy crunchy 
Because, like, I'll eat them in salads. You know what I mean? But, like, I feel like they're always paired with, like, I enjoy, like, a shaved radish or, like, a pickled radish on, like, a taco. So, yeah, no, I eat them. I eat them, like, I'll take, like, a bite. Sometimes I dip them in hummus. Yeah, I eat them, like, I I eat them, like, they're, like, popcorn. Okay. So I was eating. That's kind of, like, a a new idiosyncrasy right so I was eating you know I got a bag of radishes I'm at his house or whatever he's finishing up work or our house if you will he's finishing up work and I'm you know just snacking on a radish and he's like what are you doing and I was like I'm I was like I'm eating a radish you know and he's like I've never seen anybody eat radishes like that and I was like do you think this is strange behavior you know what I mean like it's like small stuff like that and he's like kind of he's like but it's not like that weird so you're the third person that I'm telling this to and I was telling Tyrone's wife Elizabeth you know that I like love dearly yeah because we were just talking about like snacking and I was saying I I snack on radishes because they kind of fill the need for me like like a potato chip need yeah, because right. they're crunchy and they have like a really like strong flavor and she was like what do you mean you eat radishes and I was like <laughs> do you have right. any? like do you have any I don't have any, no, I don't have any at my house. No, I'm okay. at my house right now, but no, next because time. I, I want you to like, can you do a video of you eating a radish? I will. I'll do a video okay. of me eating a radish. I'm telling, it's just like. I mer- need like, I, I have to get like a visual of like, cause do they come in like a plastic bag? Yeah. You just got buy a bag of them at the supermarket. They're in the, you know, the produce aisle. They're like a dollar 99 a bag, dollar mm-hmm. 50. Sometimes I get like a couple bags of them and I just snack on radishes. They're, so then, much, they're a healthy snack that's way better than a fucking carrot because I hate carrots. I hate snacking on carrots. So radishes, so they like, just do something for me. The weird healthy thing that I do, and I don't know if it's like what it, but sometimes I need like something sweet after dinner. And so what I do is like actually get whipped cream, not cool whip, but like whipped cream, like the sh- Yes. Okay. And then I get Lily's chocolate chips, which oh. are the stevia chips. So there's like, there's only like 20 calories in like a handful of them or something. So I take a bowl and then I go shh and put the whipped cream in the bowl and, and then, then sprinkle the Lily chocolate chips and then eat it like it's ice cream. Yes. That sounds so amazing. But it's only like 50 calories and like yeah. it fills the, it fills the sweet void for me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you radishes are next level. This is my PSA and All don't right. be ashamed, but yeah, like. So that was like something that he learned about me that he never knew is that like right. in my free time, instead of, you know, going for a bag of chips, I'm like, I'm just snacking on radishes, crunch on this radish, like a rabbit. So well, other, other than yeah. that, I'm not, I'm not worried. I mean, we're, we, we just have a lot of fun. He's a, an amazing human. So I'm looking forward to the next step of. Yeah. That's exciting. That's a, that's a, big, that's a big announcement. Yeah. And, we want, I wanted to talk about my tan before we get to the, our sports stuff. I want to tell you my tan story because you went tanning. Oh yeah. I went to baked but on your recommendation. And I, I like hopped in there and I was like, my friend, Nicole told me to come here and like, no, <laughs> like nobody was really like listening, but well, I was really excited to tell them. So Adrian, the owner, she's a badass, And I've been going to baked for, I guess, like at least a good seven or eight years, but she's built the business so much. She doesn't have to be there all the time now. Do you know what I mean? So it's very yeah. rare. So like when we, when, when this podcast comes out, I'll send her the link. So shout out to, shout out to Adrian. Who's they the were amazing. They were amazing. The thing that makes baked so special is that they actually mix the formula. It's not yeah. pre-mixed. They ask you like how tan you want to be. And then they like mix it. It's not already preset. So the one time this was, I guess like two years ago, 
um i've talked about this before the guy that i hooked up with on and on who lived in new york he now lives in Nashville, but he lived in new york and so i was going to see him and i want to get the spray tan you know because like why does it matter but it just does and so baked was all booked and i was like oh should i text adrian but i like never wanted to be that person so i was like whatever I'll just go to a place. So they're the place called sugared and bronze. I'm, I'm just going to say who it is. And so I get there and they were like, well, do you want level like one to six? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm like, I don't want to look like I came from Tahiti, but like, I kind of want to be. <laughs> and they're like, uh, like, okay. And, um, and they just have like, they're like, well, it's just like light, medium, dark, dark. I was like, all right, I guess like do medium. Anyway, the experience was completely like baked is so good where like they put the lotion on with like a paintbrush and like they have the they palette. It's just like, so like we go into this room and like this girl spraying me, spraying me, spraying me. And I'm just like, God, this is just such a different experience. And you had sent me a picture of what you looked after the spray tan. And it was hilarious because when you, right when you get done, you're, it's like tan mom tan. And then like, I you- looked like tan mom. Yeah. And you're like, look at me. It's hilarious. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, I wish I would have taken a picture when I left this place and at bake, they give you those things that you stick your feet on those like foot sticky things. Yeah. They didn't give them to me there. So the bottoms of my feet were like orange. And I go to meet my best friend, Joe, we were going to go to Chipotle. And he's like, I'm, I'm not walking with you. Like <laughs> you look like a crazy person. He was like, you look like an Oompa Loompa. And I was like, I can't look that bad. I wish I took a picture. So I rinsed off the next day thinking that it would, and it didn't. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to see this dude. And I'm like trying to like, my feet are bright orange on the bottom. It's so bad. And so I was just like, nothing. I showed up and he's like, got a spray tan. I see. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) You're like, kind of. And I was like, he's like, is that going to rub off on my sheets? I was like, do you want a blowjob or not? You know right. I mean? Oh my God. <laughs> like, cause I think that if you want a blowjob, you'll zip it with the, I mean, like, obviously I didn't mean to look like an orange person, but like, you know, I needed a little pick me up and now, so it's like, you want me to go down there? Right. Right. You better enjoy this orange tan. I was like, I'm going to keep my socks on though. I'm going to keep, gonna keep my <laughs> I mean, I looked crazy. <laughs> oh, anyway. So Carson Wentz is gone. Speaking of orange. <laughs> speaking speaking of- <laughs> of orange. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I don't know. We might, I feel like we may have talked about him going to Indy. No, we didn't. Are you sure? Yes. I mean, so anyway, Carson Wentz is gone. He's in Indianapolis. Ad nauseum. Like let it, like it's good that he's gone. Yeah. I mean- um uh so the eagles have done nothing in free agency except they signed joe flacco <laughs> which I is mean, fine which is and every like when they put out the signing or when you know john clark tweeted the signing yesterday he was like oh eagle signed joe flacco and i quote tweeted it and i was like does anybody else just laugh anymore just because i'm so like you said the opposite of love is indifference i'm yeah. so indifferent to what they do because nothing is moving me. I'm not moved by anything that they do. The so best just, part about the Joe Flacco signing was his t- picture on Instagram. That well, was that, well, that, like, yeah. And that the Eagles um, paid him more than he made last year. I'm pretty sure he made like 1.5 million and we paid him three and a half. 
Did you see what he posted though on Instagram? Yeah, him and his was, like eagle shirt. Yeah, yeah his like, brother he's from Audubon, which right. was like, like it. I mean, it really does make no sense. Like they used the the rest of the cap space to give to him. Which okay, here's the thing. I I do. I'm glad it's him and not Nick Foles. Like obviously we love Nick Foles yeah. so much, but like he couldn't have come back. And I do think it's important to have somebody who's been in the league a long time, who's won a Super Bowl. Like they need a in a, a used to be elite quarterback who's a, obviously a good human yeah help and like help mentor Jalen Hurts but that they're saying that he historically has not been that kind of guy really yes yes he's that's, been kind of a jerk not that he's a jerk he's just not like the mentory type um okay so well, then they should have brought I wanted them to bring Kirk Cousins that's who I really wanted that would have been I mean, amazing Alex Smith Alex oh, Smith. yeah 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 I knew who you meant is that weird? Yeah, um, no, because we're just. Yeah, I know. I knew you meant Alex Smith when you said Kirk Cousins. Um, but no, as apparently historically he's not like this mentory type of dude. So because Patrick also- Mahomes says he said multiple times, I would not be the player that I am if it wasn't for Alex Smith. Yeah. When he won the MVP award, he thanked Alex Smith. Yeah, yeah, Patrick and Mahomes' I- dad. Patrick Mahomes' dad even said, you know, I couldn't be there with my son 24-7 and what he has done for Alex and our fam- for Patrick and our family, I'm forever grateful. I mean, like, yeah. that's the kind of person you want, you know? Yeah, they, um, no, they haven't really, that's what they say. I mean, I don't, I don't know. He was on the Jets last year. That's where, like, you know, you kind of go to just live in football purgatory. Like, um, so Hertz looks good, though. All the videos he's pro- posting, he's working his ass off right now we'll see but i think that you're right like there's been nothing that i've been excited about like in fact what i read did you read the article about jared goff and sean mcveigh and about the downfall it was so nice to read something um that wasn't that didn't have to do with the eagles wait (laughs) what did they say yeah they basically said that like sean mcveigh was just like so it started in 2019 and he was just like you're not protecting the football and he would like call him out in the locker room and it like chipped away, chipped away. And he was just like, quarterbacks can't lose games. Like that's just a quarterback cannot lose a game for us. And it just like slowly over time. And I guess like Sean McVay kept getting annoyed. And I think it was yeah. one of those things. Um, I feel like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are so similar, which the irony is how they were, you know, drafted. One two. And they're, they're very similar. They're very like kind of docile. They're not like rowdy they kind of just like blend in you know what I mean like yeah really stands out um but I really do think and Chris Long said it he was like Carson and he he said it without saying it but he was like Carson's type of person that seems like he's gonna do better in a place like Indianapolis yeah and and I think that I think that Jared Goff actually is probably gonna end is I don't know how he's gonna do in Detroit because Detroit's tough you know yeah there's now maybe Detroit's just like they thought it was going to be this way because they had Matt Stafford and they had Matt Patricia and they thought it was going to be something and it all fell apart. So maybe they're just kind of like, maybe, you know, Detroit's apathetic, like we are. Um, but Jared Goff reminds me of Carson Wentz in the sense that like, he doesn't have that internal fire. Like there's yeah. something, like, he, there's just, he just doesn't have that. Like, I need a win. Yeah. You know, he's just, and I think that maybe, like negative thoughts and negative talk affect him. You yeah. Know? Well, um, probably the only, the thing that's going to move me with the Eagles though, is when, and they better 
um, when they trade Zach Ertz. So is there a chance that Zach Ertz could actually be back? There is a chance that he could be back. I'm not sure. I don't know how in any logical football organizational mind, Howie Roseman could think he's going to bring back Zach Ertz to kind of be the number two tight end, right? So they're planning the future around Dallas Goddard. And it it would be, it would just be at this point so disrespectful to what Zach has brought to the franchise, I think in so many ways. And the fact that we all know that Howie Roseman essentially promised him a contract restructure and that if he stayed here and he worked with the team that he would be able to play his, out his career here and retire here, here as an Eagle. And that's not what happened. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's, they just, he has to go. And I think that he's one of those players that the, deserves the respect of getting traded because it's not like they're releasing him to find his own way. Right. Like, they're holding on to him right now as a bargaining chip kind of. But and they could, I mean, that's ultimately what could happen if they don't get any kind of deal, they could just release him. But he's, he's kind of too valuable, but they're kind of doing the same thing that they did with Carson where they're, they downplayed his value, but they want more for him. If that right. makes sense, because he had a down season right. in 2020 he had a just statistically he had a down season in 2020. I mean, he was hurt for a lot of the season. Um, Carson wasn't performing. He wasn't getting as many targets. Right. Um, so, you know, you bring in Jalen hurts next year and then you have, you know, his number one target for a tight end is probably going to be Dallas Goddard. And it's just kind of like, if they keep him, what's he going to get like 48 targets next year. And then how's that going to look when he's a free agent? So they, I think that they're holding on to him for like a draft bargaining piece. Um, because they haven't done anything with them as of yet. And I just think that it would just be so disrespectful. And again, I'm so down on the Eagles and I'm so down on any decision that they make um, just because I think they've just been such an evil organization to a lot of the players um, who didn't deserve to be treated like that. Uh, so the thing that drove me crazy was that the like, last... And Zach's just done so much for the city and for the organization. Like he'll, he'll be in the hall. He's going to, he's going to be a hall of famer for the Eagles, you know? Right. The thing that drove me crazy is that I, I follow obviously a lot of people on the socials, but Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were in Arizona. They were training together. They went to the diamondbacks, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, fiance, Brittany and Kayla, Nicole, who's Travis Kelsey's girlfriend are hanging out and they're flying on the private jet and the four of them are at dinner together. And then you have Gronk who just re-signed with Tampa Bay and, you know, Brady and Gronk are putting out videos. And I'm like, this is so fucking annoying. Like, this is what we should have had with Carson and Zach. Like, this is what we should have had with Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. Yeah, but the the Eagles had to be diabolical and evil. And it's like, you see these other teams that obviously are, a massive, amazing, incredible, I mean, literally like went to the Super Bowl time and time again and are elite. And, and you see obviously what works when you have the formula and it's, you see these, these, you know, six players and you see one set with, with Mahomes and Kelsey and you see the other set with Brady and Gronk. And now you see what Carson and Zach had and now what the Eagles did. And it's like, this is like organizational malpractice as again you and again and again. And I feel bad because it's not that I want to be down 
on the guys who are coming in because, you know, these young guys, they're going to come, they're going to come to play. They want to win. You know, I just feel like the fan base has kind of been through a lot with them that it's, or me. And it's just, I, when I put out that tweet, there were other, there was a lot of people who kind of agreed with me. They're the, like, they're just sick of the Eagle shit. I know they've kind of lost faith in the organization. So there, and then like you lose faith in the team. Yeah. Like you can't trust management to do the right thing. So, but I think I it know. was Tyrone that said, um, Tyrone, how I said his name, but he was like, <laughs> when the Sixers were awful, the seats were empty. Yeah. When the Phillies were awful, the seats were empty. When the Eagles are awful, the seats are not empty. No, and never. It, they never feel the need to, to do anything. And I think that that's like, what's so, what's kind of so frustrating. Um, but anyway, let's talk about the Sixers because we're recording this the day before the free agency deadline. Yeah. Deadline. Yeah. It's so, going to be, I'm sorry. I keep yawning. Um, going to be, it's going to be interesting. What do you want to happen? Do you want it to be Kyle Lowry just because of your personal connection? Yeah. Yeah. That and just because I do think that he's probably the most aggressive, um, an immediate answer for the team. But they're, now they're saying Lonzo Ball and Victor right. Oladipo. Like, I would be fine with Oladipo or Lonzo Ball. Um, I wanted to be Lowry, but now he's saying he wants a two-year extension and like $60 million or something like that. Right. So they're thinking maybe he might like be backtracking a little just because they're not sure like if he wants to leave now. But it's crazy how like nothing has happened so far. Right. And that's why I was actually thinking this today, you know, when we were talking about it on the Mike Missinelli show, I love that the NBA is a player focused league, right. Where yeah. the players get to decide their fate. Yeah. And there's something kind of nice in that for me. Like yeah. I I'm sad that if we don't get Kyle Lowry, you know, it's because he didn't want to come home or whatever reason. But right. I also like respect the fact that like, the NBA gives them like autonomy. They don't necessarily not, not if you're a new player, but if you reach a certain status in the league, like totally. you get you to basically pick where you want to go. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's a really like respectful thing to do with, you know, players who kind who contributed so much to either your team or the league itself. Yeah. You know, and, but or your city. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be fun um, just to see all the shit pop off tomorrow because you never know. And like the NBA is also fun because it could be like three players and then they play, you know, picks for the next five years. And then well, like, I think it's funny can... where they're like, it's a, it's an eight way trade. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Minnesota and two people for 2026. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this monopoly? Like, it's yeah. so hard for me to like wrap my brain around. I'm like, I like, are we winning the championship? Like, yeah, it's like there's right one protect like, two protected picks this year, one non-protected, yeah, you and, know, and again, hieroglyphic pick. <laughs> I always go back to the chemistry, right? And so, yeah. like that year where it was Ben Joel, Tobias, Jimmy, JJ, like they had the chemistry, you know, and like the the triple doink and and the whole thing. But like the chemistry matters, and so I feel that like you want. I really think it's important that like. Obviously, like what you go you even go back to the to the originators of like the the three superstars when it was you know Dwayne Wade and LeBron and um oh Chris Bosch Chris Bosch yeah. yes he looks like the Raptor he looks yes. like the Velociraptor yes. 
He does. So okay. when, it was, when it was LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bo- Chris Bosh, they were the originators of like the big three, and then other teams, you know, basically implemented that. And like LeBron, the super teams, yeah, the super teams. Yeah. And, um, Dwayne Wade was on the JJ Reddick podcast. Hey JJ, can't wait for you to come on. Lip hey, did you see the news about JJ? No, what? That he's probably going to Brooklyn. Oh, is he? Is that happening? Um, I actually, right before we got on, I was kind of scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Well, you know, that's where he lives. Well, yeah. So, I mean, but they said it would be like a one-year deal. Um, hold on, let me see. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was an official person who said it. You know, he hurt his heel and he hasn't been with the team. So Legion Hoop said all signs are pointing to J.J. Redick reaching a buyout with the Pelicans and signing with the Nets. Wow. Well, he had Tobias Harris on his latest episode. And Tobias is like, talked about Joel and how he's definitely the MVP. And he was like, defenders literally are afraid of Joel. He was like, you could like hear it on the court, which I thought was kind of cool. But anyway, um, Dwayne Wade talked about in, in he he had awesome interview. This is probably like a year or so ago about how you had to check your ego. Like if you wanted the championship and, and you had to buy into what the big three was and that he knew he wasn't going to be taking as many shots or scoring as many points, but he understood what it meant to be on that team with those elite players and what it meant to win. And so like you had to, you had to buy into that, you know? Yeah. And so like so much of, so much of that is about like, what do you want? Do you want your personal stats? Do you want to win? Do you want what? And a lot of it is too, like to form the chemistry, you need to have that, that relationship and you need right. to kind of like put your own ego aside and they obviously made it work. But I think it's interesting where he like talked about that. And so my point is, is that whoever you bring in, they have to understand that like, they have to work with, I don't know. And, and sometimes people don't want to go or I, I don't know. I think it's deeper than just let's pick somebody and go with it, you know? Well, well, that, and then, you know, a lot of the resistance to bringing in, whether it's Kyle Lowry or anybody else is like Victor Oladipo is you're going to have to either give up Tyro, um, Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thibel and Sucks. they're, hmm. Which sucks. Well, but... which sucks. And it's just because like they've, I mean, Tyrese Maxey is brand new to the team this year. He's, yeah. you know, our first round pick. Uh, and he's just been like an instant connection to the fan base. And Matisse Seibel yeah. has this instant connection to the fan base. Like they've just adopted the city of Philadelphia in like the five minutes that they've both been, been here. I mean, Matisse has been here longer, but a lot of the, they're kind of like, we don't want to gamble it gamble them away and this is a lot of the mindset but it's kind of like you got to decide because one of these players could potentially help you win the championship now depending on what happens in Brooklyn right right and if KD comes back because God knows if he's ever going to play again um yeah but again that's so interesting too because it's like is he just done like what's his deal like obviously something's going on string yeah but but unless he unless he just reached a point of like I'm just going to sit out and then I'll come back for the playoffs and we'll win a championship and I'll call it a day. Like that's what it seems like to me. Well, and that's also, again, how like the NBA is such like a player dictated league. um, Yeah. Is that's actually like a possibility. And it's 
do you want like a lot of the fan base is like i don't want to get rid of matisse thibault and i don't want to get rid of tyrese maxi and it's like i don't want them to go either but i wouldn't mind going to a sixers championship parade right now in july tyrone you and tyrone were i was probably like two or three weeks ago and I think I even tweeted it. I was like, oh, my friends have taken me to church today when you guys were talking about how like Philly loves like the, what was the word that Ty- Tyrone used? It was like, they they love like, um like the mascot. They love the goofy guy. Yeah. We, like we rally around like the, you know, we. Oh, because we were talking about Boban. Yes. And yeah. it's like Philly like rallies around the shtick like Boban and TJ McConnell and you know um who else were they were they talking about just like just like sticky t- type people that like you're like why like why is this like a thing like yeah. they don't want to rally around the superstars they want remember the whole thing with the Phillies and the bamboo and like how oh, bamboo was- Brad I mean yeah. I, I I was a bamboo Brad fan but actually he was producing that year and he's I mean he's back on the Phillies now he's he's doing pretty well in um spring training but I just think he's it's so because it's so true though when you guys are talking about that it's like Philly has this weird thing where it's like we don't win enough so we like latch on to these like weird players that I, I and I think that that's what it is it's like if we're not gonna win we want to find a player that like will provide us with like some sort of entertainment right so yeah that's why like like the Bobby and Toby thing like that was cute it was it was cute but it, it was, was it was weird right and you know Mike Missanelli's whole thing was they would be like booing Boban now and I was like oh I don't know if they would. He's like goofy enough like, that like Philadelphia would be like, okay. No, but I think that it's so true. It's like Philly is not used to having the superstar. They're not used to winning. So instead of like rallying around who should be your star, they're like really hard on their stars, but then they like love these like quirky, weird players. But my thing is that it's, it's a mental thing of like, well, I'm used to feeling disappointed. So if I, if I'm hard on the star and they don't produce for me, then I'm not going to be disappointed because I'm used right. to it anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's kind of like how I feel about it, but it is so true that I was like, it's so weird that we're into these like weird players, but like, but then there's other players that like really do a really good job that people just could, could care less about. I know. I know. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with the Sixers. Um, Are you like, and so how are you feeling about the Phillies? Um, I'm feeling better. I feel like they're going to have a better like pitching rotation this year. Um, but still meh. Yeah. I don't like, I don't take too much stock in spring training just because they're kind of sorting out the roster and trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, center field is kind of, you know, a pain in my ass because it's the whole Odubel Herrera I know. thing, right? Um, and apparently he's performing well, so he's probably going to make the team. That has me a little down on the organization just because I feel like we should be way past that and we should be way better. And like everything that they've said about the situation, they fucked up. Like Joe Girardi was just oh, like, God, yeah. he's like, oh, you know, well, everybody makes mistakes. It's like, mm, not everybody strangles their girlfriend. Yeah. I don't think so. There's a mistake and then there's strangling a girlfriend. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I just, 
I wish that that kind of wasn't looming over it. And it's not for a lot of fans. And my God, I can't wait for baseball to come back. I'm actually sad because I haven't had like a chance because they're, they've been playing at like one o'clock and six o'clock. So like either they're on when I'm on the air or like they're on when I get home, but then they're kind of done because, you know, spring training's only like seven innings. Right. Um, And again, it's, it's mostly like tryouts. So, I I mean, I don't know. I'm excited for baseball. I just can't wait for the um, season to start. Uh, I mean, I'm glad JT's back. Um, He was, he was looking good. He had a home run the other day, but I haven't really heard much about any of the other teams. Like no one's really saying that like anybody's supposed to be like the team. No, I think it'll probably be like Houston again. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, baseball was kind of weird last year and it's going to be i think it's still having like what's weird is i think all the sports are still kind of like suffering the leftovers from 2020 right and kind of right. like reacclimating and readjusting and even what's happening with the flyers how they're like shitting the bed all of a sudden Ooh, and like that, that's crazy too but somebody was saying and they ha- and i this di- i mean it dawned on me but i don't think i actually thought about it they were so hot and then the team got covid yeah. And they got completely thrown off for like two weeks and now they suck. They haven't been able to kind of regain whatever that is. So I feel like we're just still kind of, I mean, people do say that a lot of people that had COVID have very uh, severe lingering effects. So like well, maybe that's, I read an article last night, last night in the New York times, because I still get annoyed with the people who are like, well, nobody's dying from it. Um, I read it in the New York times last night and it said how, there's a lot of like lasting neurological effects, yeah. um, including like brain fog and almost like memory lapses Yeah, that, you know, people who've had mild cases of COVID are now suffering from. So this girl, 25 years old, perfectly healthy, very norm, very mild case of COVID mild, like wasn't hospitalized, was able to deal with it at home. Yeah. You know, again, 25 years old, she was like, I thought I'd be fine. And then after the fact, like it's been months now and she has just this lingering brain, brain fog. And she's like, I'll be working and I'll be saying something. And then I forget what I was going to say or what yeah. my point was. And then you had this other guy who's again, like this healthy, like 45 year old male. He's like, um, and he's a teacher. So he's, you know, planning his lessons. He's like, and I know exactly what I'm doing. He's like, and then I go to teach the lesson that I wanted to teach. And I can't remember what my next point was like the, and so they're all in the, um, I don't know if it's Northwestern that's kind of studying a lot of people who are having these like lingering neurological effects and they're blaming it on the inflammation, uh, that your body goes through when you have COVID because it's such a new virus. This is me getting very scientific. Yeah. It's a new, it's such a new virus to the system. Um, that your body like doesn't know how to fight it. So, you know, anytime your body's fighting any sort of like inflammation or virus or anytime it's fighting a virus, your inflammation rises. And that's why cancer is really high because it's based off of inflammation. But anyway, like your body's still trying to like process the aftermath of that. So that's why I'm, I'm still upset where, you know, people are like, yes, we're out of the woods with COVID, but like, we're, we're not yet. And and this is the shit that we're going to be like learning. Her um, 28 year old cousin has the bad, is it um, tinnitus? It's like the, the ringing yes. in her ear. Yeah. Um, and she had to go to a special hospital in DC because yep. it was so bad. It's like, yeah, people like. There's these weird know. things that we, yeah. that we're going to like learn about from this once, 
this brand new virus that killed 500,000 people, you know, in yeah. the United States. And now there's all these new variants and stuff too. Uh, I got my first vaccine last week. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Which I was really, um, happy about P I posted it on Twitter just because I feel like it's and my Instagram, because I feel like it's kind of like my duty to kind of share that, you know, I'm yeah. one of those people who is protecting others. Uh, I got some backlash, but I was like, you know what? I got an email from Penn Health System because I'm a patient there and they're vaccinating yeah. their patients who live in Philadelphia and I'm one of them and I qualified for the vaccine and I got it. So I will say the only, um, I did have some um, issues after, like my arm was so in so much pain. Yeah. My arm hurt really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, I had to sleep with it propped up and I did feel tired. Okay. Uh, afterwards and I was like is this like me like being placebo tired but even when I'm tired I can't really nap during the day and I had to I took a nap that day yeah and then I was really tired the next day too so how how long until you get your next one so my second one is April 6th okay and that's the one that's supposed to knock you out and I've heard um it's pretty bad for some people it lasts like a day but again like I'd rather just be proactive and get it all Absolutely, taken yeah I mean I go to Jefferson so I'm like you know keep kind of checking in and seeing what's going on and so luckily my parents are all vaccinated my aunts my uncle yes my brother's a teacher he got vaccinated so good like, all, good all really good um but yeah I mean I think bring it back to the flyers like I think that that could definitely have and even let's say they're physically healthy and fine like it could have really screwed up like the momentum well, and, and yeah. um, one of the, so Chuck uh, Fletcher talked today and he said that the married flyers are having a better time dealing with the COVID stuff than the single flyers. And, you oh. know, yeah. And we're talking like, how old are these kids? Like 18, 19, 20, like flyer, like hockey players are babies, right? right. Our heart's 21 years old. Like they're babies. So there's a lot of young guys on this team and I didn't really get to dig deep into what exactly he meant by that, but I thought that that was a really interesting um, statement that he made. Yeah. Like, are they lonely or like, what is it? Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's just like having like the support system um, around it. I, I'm not really sure, but it was, it was weird. It was like, a, I was like, that's interesting that he said, um, I feel bad for the flyers, but you know what I mean? I, I don't think anything is going to be totally normal in sports at all. I think maybe until next year, I think the NFL like kind of like mess everybody's heads up because they just pretended like everything yeah. was normal, even though it wasn't, which is so, which was like so weird, but yeah, you know, really quick. I forgot to say this about Carson really fast. It is kind of weird how happy he looked though. He just looked like so different. He had that like really short haircut where it looks like he's thinning his, his hair's thinning a little bit. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I don't know. It's it, the free agency in the NFL has been more fun for other teams watching what other teams are doing. And like the fact that the bucks are literally bringing everyone back. I know like, but that's an organization that wants to continue to win. Yeah. And then the fact that like Cam Newton got re-signed in Boston. I don't think anybody saw that coming. No. And then friggin' Bill Belichick, they're saying, is he just getting revenge on um tom by signing like whoever's available they're like he's just spending all the money because now he wants to get revenge because tom went to friggin tampa and won another super bowl yeah it's just it's really interesting because it is true he's like i'll take this person yeah because jalen mills is now a patriot and 
he's just like, I'll take that person, this person, but like, whatever, at least he's doing something, you know, which, yeah. but we don't I, have any money to do anything. Yeah. That's all Howie's fault. Let's um, rearrange everything. And ugh, ugh. so I feel like, should we talk a little bit about women's history month and our field trip to the Betsy Ross house? Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Because this, uh, Women's History Month is almost over, which is like depressing. I know. Um, and uh, did you see Megan Rapino talk today in the Senate? Yeah. Yeah. About like the equal pay and all that stuff. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Which is so important and so amazing. And I'm- I just respect this shit out of her so much. And, and so many other, I mean, listen, actually, like we should talk about the NCAA really fast. Oh, about God. Oh, God. Travesty of the weight room and not only the weight room, but the food and the cafeteria, everything. And if you missed it, you could just go on any Instagram and go on the Lipstick League's Instagram or just Google it. But basically it's March Madness and the men had this incredible sprawling weight room and the women literally had like one, one weight, one rack of like dumbbells. Yeah. And the the funny thing is, and, and we talk about this a lot, is that they thought they can get away with it because for years they did. And that's the difference because, and, and people want to, sh- you know, want to slam social media, but I keep saying the beauty of social media is that it gives everybody a voice and it allows people to be seen. And yeah. so for all this time, the NCAA has been pulling this shit for decades. Yeah. They never had their student athletes actually have the balls to say anything. And now they're like, Hey, I have 500,000 Instagram followers and like, you're not going to do this to us. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you had Steph Curry rally and, you know, and heat, and then they were like, oh, we dropped the ball. And, and then they still backpedaled and it's still like old white men who are in charge of everything. And NCAA has just been fucking up for so long. There's so many things they screwed up with. And it's like, it, it's just like, get it together, you know, get yeah. it together. And again, like, it's not cancel culture. It's we're finally holding people responsible. It's like the NCAA just didn't decide to all of a sudden pull some shit like this. It's like, they've been pulling stuff like this forever. Even like the gift bags. It's just that like, no one ever really felt comfortable enough to actually say something. And now they're like, we're doing it. And then you have people like Megan Rapino, who's like going to Washington and using her voice. And um, it's just, but it, this kind of transitions into the fact that we, got a tour and went to the Betsy Ross house, um, a little lipstick league field trip, if you will. Yeah. And it was really incredible. And her story is incredible, but we, we got to talk to, they have a, a till the end of women's history month. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, they well, have she's the there. Uh, she's there on Sunday. So I think she's there next Sunday too. They have, okay. um, you know, how old city Philadelphia which, by the way, if you've never been to Philadelphia or you're a Philadelphian like me and you rarely go to Old City to actually see the sights. Yeah. I spent the most of the time I've spent in Old City was like at Lucy's Hot Shop when I was like <laughs> yeah. 21. Right. Um, you know, g- like going out down there. But and the only time I had been to the Betsy Bros house prior to this was probably on like a field trip in like, I don't know, fourth grade or something. I don't know if I had ever been there before. Like maybe when I was in. Yeah a kid but it really it's been a really really long time and it was a beautiful day um but alice paul was there alice, alice paul is the shit so alice paul was there she's an original um an og i guess suffragist 
She was like one of the main suffrage suffragette. Well, I shouldn't say the Jets suffragettes because her mom was part of the suffrage movement and used to bring her. She grew up in Mount Laurel and used to bring her to the city for meetings. And it's so funny because when I was a kid, I always liked to be with adults. I always wanted to hang out with my mom and their friends. Oh, same. Like I always wanted to be like at Mrs. Kennedy's eating pie and coffee and like, (laughs) like all my mom's friends and kids my age. But I was like, I don't. Like, I want to sit with the dolls. I want to get to the yes. nitty-gritty what's going on, right? Yeah. Like, I was that kid. Um, and so I was like, yeah, like, that would have been me. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That would have, I, and her story is absolutely incredible. And you knew of her. Yeah, I knew, I knew of her. I remember um, her name just in, you know, my many varied readings over well she's t- alice paul's t- telling about talking about her life and natalie no she's like yeah that i'm like how do you know all this <laughs> you're like i read a lot as a kid i was like yeah i was watching say by the bell <laughs> <laughs> so i was watching say by the bell swans crossing all my children one life to live loving general oh my hospital god. you watched all the soap operas oh my god yeah so that's how I found out what a prostitute was because <laughs> my brother had a babysitter named Tootsie and Tootsie used to watch Andrew. Right. Uh-huh. And I would come home from school and then Tootsie would watch me until my mom came home and Tootsie would always watch either all my children, one life to live or general hospital, like depending on the time. And so I would just like come home and watch it with her. And I'd be like, what's a prostitute. And what you, what did Tootsie say? It's when you sell yourself for money. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I always think about that because like even growing up, I had, so like my Nana and pop-up would watch me two days a week. And then my Grammy and grandpa would watch me two days a week. And then my auntie would watch me on Wednesdays, but my Nana and Grammy didn't drive. So all I would do was run errands with my pop-up and my grandpa. We'd go to Walter the butcher who had no, 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 who had no arm. And my pop-up would tell me if I act up, he's going to put me in the, he's going to put me in the um what happened to walter's arm it was lost it in the meat grinder no we did it yes nicole no we didn't and they would say if you keep acting up you're you're we're gonna put your arm that has to be a that has to be a myth walter arm in a meat grinder yes and then we would go to the anvets and i would sit with my my grandpa and all his friends and i'd eat peanuts and he'd hang out the anvets i'm like who needs school who needs school turned out yes but it's so crazy. we used to go and like drive to the airport and like pick up my grandpa's friends from like and and he'd put me in the conveyor belt like where the all like where the suitcases and yeah. stuff and I, th- I thought it was like a ride yeah like the 80s were wild I like, know well so my grandmother never drove either and I spent a lot of my time with her yeah um, and she would take me on the L Okay. And on the bus, like wherever we needed to go. And most of it to, was to go shopping. So we'd right. go to like, I remember we went to like the Oxford Valley Mall, which was like oh, yeah. so far, right? It was like a two hour bus trip, but we would just sit there on the bus and go just to the Oxford Valley Mall. And then we'd go to the gallery downtown, which was always yeah. like a big day out. Yeah, we'd go to Center City a lot. We'd go to like Liberty One, but like always on SEPTA and stuff. So it's just like so funny, like, Anywhere we went, it was like always on septo when her and I would be. Yeah, we didn't have public. We didn't have public transportation, so like my grandpa had a huge Chevy Classic Caprice, and then my pop up had a station wagon. Remember the station wagon where you would sit backwards and like look out the window? Yeah, and yeah, Nana and Grammy didn't drive, so like all I would do is go like 
run errands with we go to mcdonald's we go to the we go to lane co for groceries like i I eventually went to preschool when i was i guess like four but like yeah two to four like i would just like hang out and i was like wow it's they would have taken us to child services now seriously seriously if you're just like hanging out in the back of the station wagon um yeah but anyway alice Alice paul and so you know the I was like, how do you know all this? And you're like, I read a lot as a kid. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but I got goosebumps t- her telling her story. And just like, she was so many of the issues that they had in the late 1800s, early 1900s, it's still issues that people are fighting today. That's what's so insane. So she was like one of the original, um, she drafted an original, I guess, copy or an original draft. She wrote an original draft of the 19th amendment, which was giving women the right to vote. Like yeah, she was, she was an intricate part of getting the 19th amendment. Yeah. And, um, but first was a part of the movement in, um, the UK, the UK, which I just kind of found fascinating and then kind of used those tactics and came back here and was jailed. And you know what I loved about her story? And I, I have some of it recorded, so um, we're gonna play a little bit of it. Um, so actually, I was in Philadelphia for a little while, um, led a couple protests, a couple street parades, um, but I actually moved to Washington DC shortly thereafter to start pushing for the constitutional amendment. Um, we formed this beautiful parade in 1913 and we marched to the thousands of women and men even marched down Washington Avenue wow. and ended at the gates uh, at the steps of the Capitol Hill, which was, it was quite impressive. Um, but uh, we would, you know, roll up petitions, you know, millions of names and we would have meetings and tiny little gatherings and large street meetings, you know, blocking off corners, um, trying to get people and we would send deputations of women representing every walk of life to President Wilson to try and get him to support the suffrage amendment. Because if the president gave his support, then Congress of course would pass it through. Or so we think. Or so we thought. Um, okay. But wait, were you single at the time? Yes. Wow, see? I don't have time for men. I don't have time for men. I have too much work to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, top. top right. Of, yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, there are many lovely men and there are men, male suffragists yes. as well. I just don't have time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was too much more between. Even in 2021, Alice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I actually, um, we sent a deputation in January 1917. We sent a deputation of women to wait upon President Wilson and, and urge him to support the, you know, stop the waste of life and energy that was going for simple democracy. Um, But he told us that women must concert public opinion in favor of their freedom. So we did that. What we ended up doing is we took banners, our beautiful, I unfortunately don't have one today, but we have beautiful uh, purple, white, and gold banners and a couple other banners with some words on it. And we stood outside the gate outside the gates of the White House, silently against, and stood there with our with our banners, um, asking the president, you know, why won't you give democracy for women? Of course, when the Great War happened and we entered the Great War, um, we were of the opinion that why are you fighting for democracy overseas when half your country does not have democracy? There is no freedom here, right? And for half your population, so. For actually for five months we stood there. They called us the silent sentinels because um, while I took some of these protesting tactics from England, I, you know, they didn't exactly line up with my Quaker nature, so I sort of flipped them to be a little bit more peaceful while I was here. 
Um, but after about five months, in June 1917, the police actually began to arrest the suffragists for protesting. Um, the technical charge brought against them were, was the charge of obstructing traffic. Hmm. That's the charge brought against well, the suffragists. How about that? Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> my, may I remind you, there is nothing illegal about protesting at the gates of the White House. It's right, not right. illegal. Yeah. Um, I actually myself was arrested oh, and jailed yeah. for seven months. Um, I, they actually, I was in jail, jail first, and then they put me into a psychiatric ward, um, where I, because I led the hunger strikes, I brought hunger strikes back, so I started to lead hunger strikes, and so they put me in a psychiatric ward to force feed me, make sure I was still alive, um, and I realized one day, I was talking to the doctor, and he kept asking me why I was hunger striking and I was explaining and asking to be treated like a political prisoner, which is that is exactly what I was. Right. Um, and what our, my suffragists were. But he kept saying, but didn't President Wilson treat you very badly? Hasn't President Wilson, isn't he the cause of all your trouble? And I realized that they were trying to diagnose me with persecution mania. They were trying to diagnose me with um, being a, obsessed they tried to see if I had an obsession with President Wilson, which frankly just wasn't true. Right. I have nothing against the man. I just wanted to support the movement. Right. Um, and so after I realized that, I asked them once again, will we be treated as political prisoners? And they said, no. And so I said, then I will no longer speak with you. So the thing is, though, somehow, and I'm not entirely sure how, um, word of the treatment of us in the jails got out. And this is mm. before social media. Yeah. And it got out. Yeah. It got out. And um, they uh, wrote newspaper articles about the treatment of the women because yeah, contrary to popular belief at the time, it wasn't just these unmarried, radical women. It was mothers. It was working women. It was every woman from every walk of life. Right. So... They, um, sorry, but I have an itch in my nose. <laughs> so sorry. Um, when word got out, the president actually then switched his stance. Ah. He decided, oh, okay, uh, there's a bit of an outrage going on. So he actually flipped his stance and supported the suffrage movement, released us from the jails, um, and decided to push for the amendment. Wow. It was actually just last year in 1920, um, on August 18th that the amendment was actually signed into law. It flipped by one vote. It got ratified by one vote. It took about two years. It went out in 1918 right. um, for ratification, which is a long process. Um, and so it actually, the last state to ratify was Tennessee. It was by one vote. And uh, it's always the South. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the story goes in the the... In the local government, um, anyone wearing a red rose was in support of an anti-suffragist movement. Um, and then anyone with a yellow rose was part of the, for the suffrage movement. And it was said that one of the gentlemen would come down to Tennessee, who's from there, who's going to vote. He originally actually was for the suffrage movement. But when he got to Tennessee, there was a lot of anti-suffrage propaganda. Women as well. A lot of women were anti-suffragists mm-hmm. as well because they, hmm. they felt it... <laughs> Sounds like the last administration. They felt it devalued the role of women. They believed that, you know. But there was a lot of anti-suffrage propaganda. And so he actually flipped his vote and was going to vote against ratification. But then the night before the vote, he got a telegram from his mother that basically said something along the lines of, 
you do not vote for women, you do not vote for me. Wow. Um, so he actually flipped his stance and uh, ratified it just last year. So women finally got the right to vote in 1920. It was signed into law sort of in the dead of night. Um, they wanted to do a big ceremony, but because there was so much pushback, uh, they actually... The gentleman who signed it got two witnesses in the dead of night on August 18th and signed it really fast, and it became a law. So that was the first stepping stone <laughs> to equality. Um, it was a great stepping stone, yeah. but a stepping stone nonetheless. Wow. Wow. So then what happened to you? Oh, I've, I've been <laughs> writing. I've been writing a lot. I've actually just drafted up the Equal Rights Amendment. Wow. Um, and I'm hoping to push that through for ratification as well, because while we have now the right to vote, it's not based on sex anymore for the vote. Um, we still don't have equal pay. We still, sure don't. you know, <laughs> women are still not equal in many ways to men. And again, I was not raised that way, and I do not believe that's correct. And so I'm continuing the fight and it's you know again we have that first stepping stone which is beautiful we can outvote for these things which hopefully will then move it a little along a little bit faster than 70 years i'm yeah. hoping wow well it's like back to the future here yeah <laughs> seriously what i loved about her story and it made me think about you know the way that women have been treated in this country and are still yeah. treated to this day is when she said that when she went and protested in Washington and they put her in jail, she was in jail for seven months um, because Woodrow Wilson wouldn't back the movement for the 19th amendment and give women the right to vote um, was they put her in jail and then they put her in what was in an infirmary, an infirmary, right? So like a psych psychiatric ward. A, yeah. A psychiatric ward. And they tried to say that she was obsessed with the president and they right. tried to diagnose her with, hysteria right yeah. so they painted her because she was passionate and because she was speaking her mind and because she was quote unquote emotional they painted her as hysterical and then therefore tried to diagnose her with a mental disorder which would have affected her for the rest of her life right, right. because then she would have been written off as a crazy lady Right. And that's what, you know, men still do to women this day. It's like when you speak up and you advocate for yourself and you're, you know, not as nice and you don't play the role that women traditionally have played in order to like keep peace, you know, then you're like a hysterical bitch. And I know this yeah. just because I've been through some of this stuff myself recently where I've advocated for myself and everyone's like, oh, Natalie's emotional and Natalie's this. No, I'm fed up, you know, yeah. and you're going to hear what I'm angry about. So, um, I just thought I found that so fascinating. And then, you know, Woodrow Wilson, he ended up supporting the movement because, yeah, because they found is, out. Yeah. Right? Like somebody the from treatment. the hospital. Yeah. That how these women were being treated. And I was like, oh, my in jail. God, this is before social media. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but somebody inside knew it's like this is this is what I and I think I've talked about this before. Like, I'm, I just respect the shit out of activists so much is because like they have the bravery to do it right like somebody from that mental hospital saw how these women were being treated and knew that it wasn't okay and it they leaked it to the press and then Woodrow Wilson obviously was so horrified he released them all from jail and from the mental hospital and then ended up with the 19th amendment and he was actually a really good liberal president um but it's just so interesting because I just like, I just love people that are brave and are just bad, yeah. you know, and, and I just respect that so much. And, and people who, and even, you know, Chris Long talked about it and he was just like, I'm not, 
an activist because I don't do it full full time. You know, I just yeah. try to use my voice and talk about the right thing and I can't keep my mouth shut. I'm like, yeah, that's 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 me. Yeah. Too. You know? Yeah. yeah, it's um and then, you know, what did she say the one the equal rights act did they're still trying she was a part of drafting that too and that's still not even passed like to yeah. this day, 2021. So here we are like a hundred years later still fighting, you know, and and just Megan Rapino being in Washington today fighting for equal pay because women still make white women make 86 cents to the dollar and there's like so many stupid ass dudes who are like naysayers when it comes to like the gender wage gap but yeah um, right white women make the most but when you look at black women or hispanic women, oh it's way worse i mean way worse it's way worse so still like fighting just for like the basic very basic like fundamental labor shit yeah, you know, like we're still fighting for that to this day. And without somebody like Alice Paul, we would not be where we are. But yeah, it's, it just like makes you realize that like we think we've come so far as a country and like the NCAA, like like the good thing is, though, like nobody's tolerating it anymore. And exactly. I, I even think about that. And you saw the, sh- the story that I shared on my Facebook where I was attacked at a broadcast. Well, yeah, I working. which I had no idea about what what event was that do you remember um i was at harris in atlantic city actually okay. for the ncaa tournament because it was march yeah and um i was interviewing people from the casino um on social uh, on facebook live about the games and there was this guy and he was intoxicated and i was talking to him and he was fine he was giving me answers and then in the middle of it he just tried he just wrapped he literally grabbed grabbed me like this and was trying to kiss me and I like pushed my arm like I pushed him off of me and I actually oh kept yeah I actually like kept recording because um I didn't know what to do when I was just kind of frozen and yeah. I kind of like go with the interview and there were two people from work with me and Dylan McKinnon who um is a producer now in the fanatic he's such a gem of a human he was um on the street team at the time he interceded and that's not his job you know right. what I mean? like his job right. the hand you know the promotions team is kind of just like here's a team out yeah. yeah and you know he got in there and like held this guy and like dylan's just like the most kindest like mild-mannered person who and he, he had to, is. Like, like you would never expect no. him to be that yeah but he he did he like went in and grabbed this guy and i even think about then um how embarrassed i was so embarrassed that that happened to me and i like blamed myself i was like you can't be that nice to people like you know you're so naive and blah 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 and that, that's not the first time that anything like that has happened to me but i um i even think then i remember the comments on that post which are gone are now gone where like a lot of people were like well look at how you look and look at how you act and like you're the only woman in sports radio so like why of course people are gonna like you ask for it right so like that was some of the mentality then and that was only three years ago and I think that that has changed too like yes I think if that yeah I think that if that happened to me March of 2021 as opposed to March of 2018 and again I don't think it's that long of a time ago it's not um I just think what we've gone through just even in the last three years has, you know, there's been progress made for women where there is a lot more people now who understand, you know, the misogyny and a lot of the issues that like women have to deal with. And yeah, I mean, and I think that you and I, 
you know, have this in common too, or where going to Catholic school your whole life. Yeah. Where it's like, don't dress that way because you're going to give the boys the wrong idea. Right. And it took me years to unlearn it, to finally be like, wait, what? How about you teach boys to be better? Yeah. Why is it always on the girl's fall? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And so, and it got to the point where I was just like, it doesn't, somebody could literally walk around naked and that does not mean that you're supposed to attack them. And let's exactly. be honest, there's women that are dressed from head to toe in, I mean, there was a, that 55 year old woman that was raped in the Macy's bathroom yep. a month yep. ago. She sure as hell wasn't quote unquote dressed provocatively. Yeah. yeah. Morning. And, um, and so I think back of how I even thought as a teenager, somebody in my early twenties, and now I'm just like, hell no. Like you wear what you want and you show off your body if you're proud of it. And like, it's not boys being boys, you know, like, and that's what got me so interested. There was this whole, the whole controversy with the whole Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion performance at the Grammys and all these conservatives on Facebook and and Twitter and yapping and yapping. I'm like, um, Trump literally said, I want to grab him by the pussy. And he could have cared less about that. But like, because, and you're not, you're never going to say it, but like, because it's a black woman, like being sexy and being awesome, then you have an issue with it. Yeah. The president could say that and he, it's just locker room talk. Like it, it literally like, like, well, and it, it makes me, like, it makes me just want to scream. Well, I, I saw that backlash too. And like a lot of it, cause I tweeted out something about it. I just made a joke, you know, cause it was like fucking what's her face. I hate this girl, Candace Owens. Oh God. Um, she tweeted out that she, she was like, oh, you know, it's the downfall of America and like this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh my God, what about when they see um Elvis shaking his hips like this isn't the first time like Madonna like humped across like on stage like Miley Cyrus was twerking like this is nothing new Eminem like shocked the world you know what I mean like stop right yeah it's just like that's like you know that's like music yeah but people like Candace Owens and and so many of these conservative talk people well Candace Owens' story is crazy too because she was this like super liberal anti-Trump person and then all of a sudden, like, realize there's a space for her to make millions and millions of dollars. And that's what makes me so insane about it. Um, and again, I was friends with somebody who works in that space. And I mean, I'll just say it. I was friends with Lisa Page, who was in Philly radio for a while. We were friends for almost 20 years. Her husband, Stu, is Glenn Beck's right-hand man. And I mean, they're millionaires. Like they make millions and millions and millions of dollars. All those conservative, the Ben Shapiro's, the Candace Owens, Glenn Beck, Stu, um, you know, all them. Um, I mean, look at Rush Limbaugh. Like they made hundreds of millions of dollars by pandering to their base. I mean, that's what Fox News is. Is that yeah. like Rupert Murdoch realized that he could make billions of dollars by like giving this this base you know entertainment and that's what it is fox news is not news it's entertainment and so it makes me crazy because what these people do the tommy lairns of the world is that they become millionaires by like scaring these racist and and just small-minded people and then they ask people to like pay for their services right and but it, it just it's because it's 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 about money it's about oppor- they're opportunists that well yeah so then you know they're all sitting there and saying how this is you know the whole megan this that whole the wap performance was 
um, anti-feminism. And I was like, but the whole goal of feminism and the whole goal of what they're doing is because they don't give a shit what you think. Like that's yeah. the goal. And the goal is to not be dictated to on what is sexy because people were like tweeting me when I said it, they're like, Oh, nah, this isn't the hill to die on. And um, that's not sexy. And I was like to you, but like right. they're, they're not. And this is what I keep telling a lot of people. And this is what I've said to some people about this podcast because they're like, Oh, well, like you, you got to do it this way. or got to do it that way. And I'm like, we're not here for you. Like we're here for ourselves and we're here for the people who are like us. Like just because, you know, sports talk hasn't been done this way. doesn't mean that like we have to do it that way because yeah. we're not here for, for you. Well, you know, and, not, and that's what like Megan the Stallion and Cardi B, like they, they weren't there for you. They're not there for you old guy in your basement. Like yeah. they don't care if you think they're sexy. Right. And that's you know? another thing too, is that like, Men have been conditioned to think that all women should work so they find them attractive. Exactly. And women have been conditioned that our goal in life is for every man to find us attractive. Or that's and like, or like that's like what we want. Yeah. And like I'll and it was a TikTok. And this woman, she this guy came and was like, Well, ew, like I don't find you attractive. And she was like, Why do you think I care? Yeah. I don't my job is not so you find me attractive. Yeah. Like what? And I was like, holy shit. Like, it's so true. Like we've been conditioned that like, we want men to choose us. We want men to pick us that like, and men think, well, that's not sexy. Well, who cares? Yeah. It's not about you. Yes. But it's how society, and part of it isn't even, in a way it's not even, some men's fault because it's just how society has conditioned the male and female brain to be exactly but i think i really think and that's what i mean like i just i truly think that we're like breaking out of it and like the patriarchy is like feeling the effects of it because nobody gives a shit what they think anymore yeah and they're scared yeah. and it's affecting their pockets and that's why because again they're not the ones who are controlling the nav narrative or controlling what's sexy anyway, yeah right but I think that, yes, Alice Paul was amazing. Betsy Ross, Alice, if you can get there, either way, you should definitely go check it out. Oh, and so the story about Betsy. Yeah. Is, so there was, there was, a, there was a young, beautiful widow who did go distract the British soldiers and the guy's name was Carl Dunlop. Okay. He was like a general. Okay. And From the UK. Yeah, but he was German. He was a Hessian. Okay. How it's pronounced. Um, but he was a part of like the British army. And it is rumored that it was Betsy Ross, who was the young British, who was the young, beautiful widow. Okay. Who he was romancing and then like missed the Battle of Trenton. And that's how they lost. Or something like that. Well, that's not how they lost all of it, but that's how they lost like one of the wars. Um, and yeah, that's that part gets left out of her story. And like you said, to when we got to talk to Betsy, Nicole was like, because I was like, do you uh, do you have any juice on, you know, Betsy uh, heading over to Jersey and, you know, canoodling with one? Um, she was horrified. She goes, oh, the, 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 Betsy's a common name. You probably got it confused. And I was like, well, maybe that's just not maybe that's just not part of like the the, the American telling, because yeah. we also leave a lot of. Uh, we leave a lot of history of America out that again ha has been dictated by 
men who want the narrative to yeah. be what it is. That's why there's no African-American history, you know, it, like learning about it in college. I had took it my freshman year of college, learned none, none of that in my grade school or high school. Yeah. Like, it's, it's insane. Yeah. And, and I was like, um, and I even said, I was like, well, it's probably just left out of this version yeah. of, of Betsy, but I feel like, you know, but that's another thing too, is that like for so long, like it wasn't quote unquote, okay for women to be sexy. Yeah. And, right. And like, it, it's the whole like Taylor Swift, right. Where it's like, they, they, they scolded her because she had boyfriends, but yet they would never say anything about men having too many girlfriends. And Taylor finally stood up and was like, yo, F you. I listened like, to that song six times on my way home today. Which one? The man. Oh yeah. I mean, when she say they would toast to me, let the players play. I'd be like Leo on, on Sandra. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's so true. Like, like think about Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio is almost 50 years old and all he does is hang out with women who are 27 and younger on yachts in the Mediterranean. And people think it's amazing. If Taylor Swift did that, if it was her on a yacht with like 20 dudes like she would be literally ostracized to no end and it's like it's about time that we take our sexuality back our sexiness back that's what I was saying you know and coffee under the covers I was like get yourself a vibrator you better be getting yourself off and if your man isn't doing it or your woman meaning if you're a lesbian or maybe you're bi like like get your like women need and deserve in fact Adam and Eve, if you want to sponsor our podcast, that yeah. means, <laughs> it comes in discreet packaging. <laughs> yes. Please. The, the one lyric, I literally listened to it so many times today because she, like she goes, I'd be a fearless leader. I'd be an alpha type when everybody believes you. What's that like? That resonated with me because it's like, my God, I can't imagine like there's so many situations where I say things and people just don't listen. Yeah. Um, and then the second part is when she goes, they, they'd say I'd hustle. I hustled, put in the work. They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this I deserve. Yeah. What I was wearing, what if I was rude, could all be separated from my good ideas and power moves. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's yeah, like that just, with women, it's like, what are you wearing? What do you look like? What's your body like? Yeah. It's, it's just really, somebody sent me a tweet called me fat the other day and I was like really like we're still doing this yeah I'm sorry thank you I I mean I appreciate that but like it's so it's so it doesn't even like affect me because it's so ridiculous yeah and of course it was like you know one of those like pictures of an eagle you know what I mean like no like a thumb like one of the guys who looks like a thumb with white sunglasses yes yes and it's like (laughs) this is what we're doing. Like it's 2021. Like, well, and you know what, that's like, and I've said this before and just whenever and for years and I'm burnt out at this point on commentary on my appearance, but like whenever anybody like that's the lowest form of intelligence of an insult is just to attack somebody's appearance because that just shows that you have like nothing else to say. Like you can't help like an intelligent person. If you, want to attack somebody if you have any level of intelligence you don't go after their appearance because you're smarter than that correct because going after somebody's appearance is like the most superficial thing that you can say and that's like that's what like 
first graders do. Yeah. And, and you know, no, like when they're, when yeah. they're like, why are your ears, like you have big ears. Like, yeah. And the thing about that, there are grown men and it's all men. I mean, yeah. there's been women, a woman called me a horse face on Twitter or on um, Facebook last week, but Ugh, um, sorry, I know, but I'm like, not, but I again, mean, exactly. Like, like, but again, mostly it's mostly it's men. And I'm like, that's how stupid they are. Is that yeah. like, you can't even say anything else. Well, and I, there's an article that, that I mean, an article, a quote that says, um, have you ever seen a hater doing better than you? Yes. And, no. I lo- and I love that too. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't get it as much as you do, but sometimes when I'll tweet political stuff, like that's what they want to say. And I'm just like, really? Like what? Cause that's the, cause they can't formulate an actual argument to come back with anything valid to, counter, like, to counter your show, point. Like show your face. You know what never, I mean? Like, never, never, never. They never show their faces. But we show our faces. We sure do. And um, thank you so much for listening as always. Yes. Please share and like and follow and and all the good things. And um, look up Alice Paul because she's amazing. And obviously like check out Betsy Ross. And yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think the next time we talk, it's like, wait, let's pick who's winning the NCAA. Oh God. I'm going, I'm going Gonzaga. <sighs> That's what I was going to do. Only because my dad said it. Fine. I'm going to do, I'm going to do Syracuse. Oh, nice. Okay. Do you, how do you think, Vil- I mean, do you think Villanova is going to make it past the Sweet 16? I mean, that's why it's called March Madness. Um, yeah, but so funny. I would listen, I would, I would obviously welcome it. And I, I think that what sets programs apart is that like you have somebody like Jay Wright, you know what I mean? And sometimes you need um and sometimes you need some time in that high pressured environment. It Chris Long actually said it perfectly that if Carson would have hurt his knee in the playoffs, it would have never won the Super Bowl. that he'd actually hurt his knee at the right time. Cause they needed a couple games to get Nick full Nick Foles in the fold. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's like, sometimes you need, so I feel like the pressure sets and sometimes like the players are good with it and sometimes they're not. So, I mean, listen, I would, I, I mean, I'm rooting for Gonzaga, but both of us picked the bucks. Like, I think it's weird if we both pick it. So I'll just go out and <laughs> And pick Syracuse, but it's okay. <laughs> but I I I don't have um oh I should talk about really quick how when I went to Raleigh. I didn't even talk about that. And we went to Oh yeah, how was it? And um it was fine. It was just really funny though, because like obviously we went to UNC because my dad's super obsessed with with the Tar Heels and loved yeah. Smith and the auditorium's named after Dean Smith, but you couldn't do you know, you couldn't go in or anything. Right. So I took a couple pictures and I was so excited to send them and he was like, Oh yeah, cool pictures. I was like that's it. <laughs> that's all. That's it. Like dads are like so weird. They're like, I, I was just going to say dads are so funny. Cause like, you're yeah. like over the moon. And he's like, great. Hey, thanks. Wow. Good. I was like, okay. But like, really, he could be like over the moon about it. Yeah. And he's just like, great. I'm like, okay. So then <laughs> we went to Duke and Duke was like the Duke's campus versus North Carolina's campus is not even, you know, and I was like, Hey JJ, like I'm at the motherland. Like, oh Yeah. But no one was out. And I was like, this is so weird. And then like CNN did a news break about how oh, that's right. all the, the, the Duke students shelter in place because there was a COVID outbreak. And me and my friend Elisa like, uh, 
right you're like literally like in the middle of campus like here I am. <laughs> yeah. and I was I was in the middle of campus like wow it's so empty where is it I mean it was like I it was like a, a sitcom and everybody's like oh because there's a COVID outbreak you crazy lady that's why oh no God. one's outside but it was it was cool to see and um if you go to my Instagram which is Nicole is Nick I, I put a bunch of the pictures on and stuff but um it was it was weird though because normally Duke and North Carolina are in it, right? Like it was the start right. of March Madness that weekend. So usually like the it's it's March, it's the campuses are buzzing and it was empty. So it was like, what a weird time to go to Duke and you, you know, and UNC the beginning of March Madness and it's just desolate. So well, that was it- kind of depressing because I think it would be awesome to go. Oh my I, God. Uh, you know what I mean? To go to like normal time. And it's also weird that both of them, have no, you know, footprint in, in the tournament this year. It's such a weird tournament that like the regulars aren't part of it. Kentucky's not part, you know, so that's well, kind of weird too. And that's what I mean. Like how we were talking about it earlier. I think it, again, it's just like the sports world's not going to be back to like normal, 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 normal. <laughs> I know until, until next year. So yes, that's a, thank you everybody for tuning in. And again, make sure you subscribe, leave us a comment um follow us everywhere the lipstick league facebook instagram twitter nicole is nick instagram twitter facebook. nicole mahalik on facebook That's right. yeah I'm, no it's nicole is nick on facebook too is it i think so yeah okay and i'm just not whatever just enough. and she's just not a leg enough because she's doesn't have to make it weird i, I didn't know what to weird. say i never actually no, i always you're right i wish it was my name but because no one knows how to spell my name and because it was nicole on one radio station and nick the web chick on another so i was gonna say but you had like you had like a radio like persona yeah you know like that's why you have like a cool name like i didn't i i like tried to come up with something catchy no it's good that you have your full nat, name. nat egg no not the sand egg and sandwich. Not egg and scrabble. Yeah. Um, all right. We're, all right. we're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go. <laughs> we're both tired. Yeah. Aww. Aww.